I am not okay. I did not enjoy myself. I will run into oncoming traffic. I was happy before I watched this movie. I despise my co-host for making me watch this movie. I wish we never started this podcast so I could avoid talking about I, Frankenstein. Guys, it's another episode of the Messed Up at Midnight uh, podcast. Welcome to the show that's more confusing than Aaron Eckhart's career post The Dark Knight. I am your host, Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by the man who's way too into gargoyles and demons. It's Michael Flaherty. Mike, what the hell are we doing here? I just want to say, just, 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 just leading into that start, this, this is proof that God is real because he is punishing the two of us. This is, this is like, <laughs> this has convinced me that I am living in purgatory and that this is, this is, this is our atonement before we enter heaven <laughs> and and i frankenstein is just another another cobblestone on the road to that destination whereas aaron whereas uh frankenstein was resurrected from the dead this movie just buried and killed aaron eckhart's career and it just has not been the same since yes so I, go ahead no, I just <laughs> you were just like, yeah. I just I just really want to emphatically send that home because because Aaron Eckhart is a genuine in the Dark Knight, he was so genuinely fantastic. He mm -hmm. did such a good job being trans transformative. And then this happened and then no one heard from him again. But in any case, oh, I, let's continue. I Hold up. I think I think I just found something out. So Again, I, I agree with you on Aaron Eckhart's career. He was in some he was in some great movies. Um, he was in Any Given Sunday. He was in oh, what was it? Thank you for smoking. But I actually just yeah. pulled up his um, filmography here, and it looks like Aaron Eckhart. This is not planned, by the way. I did not I did not come into this podcast knowing <laughs> this. This is just right off the fly. Aaron Eckhart was in The Wicker Man with Nick Cage. You're, no, 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 no. This is This is an elaborate no, no, no. Look at me, look at me. I'm dead fucking serious. Literally, I, I just looked up, I pulled up Aaron Eckhart filmography, 2006, The Wicker Man, Aaron Eckhart plays a truck stop patron. Oh, I, I'm having a Pepe Sylvia moment. Like, I am just, I am, I'm just, now I'm just, now I'm just taking all of our movies, slapping them against the wall, and getting out the red string. Because how the hell did Aaron Eckhart warm his way into fucking Wicker Man with Nick Cage? This is, this is, this is, this is the universe speaking to us, Max. This is the universe telling us something. We're going to go like all six, um, six degrees of Kevin Bacon with just uh, when we reach episode 100, we're going to go back and be like, okay, this movie's related here. This is here. This is here. Mike, it's been like five days. I haven't slept. I haven't eaten. What the fuck is going on? We're going to have to connect Zoom to Sarah T. We're going to have to find a way to connect the two. But by episode 100, God damn it, we will be able to do it. Don't challenge me. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so ran that random tangent aside, guys, like we said, we're talking about the 2014 movie I Frankenstein, which was, I'm not surprised, released in January 
of 2014. Because, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but the beginning of the year is really where new releases go to die. Like, yeah, in January, we might get like an Oscar movie getting a wider release. But primarily, if your movie is I, Frankenstein, and you're getting released in January, you're fucked. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, it it definitely seems, it definitely seems with that release date, it's either Oscar bait movies trying to just like, just quickly get one in before they do the circuit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, before they go on, go on the uh, go go to the Oscars, or it's movies that one hundred percent could not fight in the October to December time slot, so they went mm-hmm. January is close enough. Yeah, like it, it can you know it can it can weave itself in, but it originally was actually set to release on February twenty second of twenty thirteen. But then it was pushed back to September 13th, 2013, which, I mean, September, that's not a bad, that's, a, a be- I think, a better time. Yeah. And then definitely. it was pushed back once again to January 24th, 2014. That's when they got, like, that's probably when they got, like, the final cut of the movie. And there was like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to make this one. Work, yeah, they, they looked at this, they looked at it, put their hands on their hips and went, yeah, this is going nowhere. Release it anyways. <laughs> So I think one of the main problems with this movie, and there there are some certain screenwriting lessons that I have picked up throughout my time here on Earth, but one of the first things is show don't tell. That's like basic rule number one. Film is inherently a visual medium, so we are going. So you, it's better to show something rather than have like characters talk about something or have a voiceover of something. And by the way. It's exposition is not entirely a bad thing. Let, I mean, let's just look at like Lord of the Rings, for instance, like mm-hmm. that opening scene when the world's being set, like Mount Doom, we see the yeah. ring, we see the bow, but the voiceover is kind of like guiding what we're seeing. It's kind of like sl- offering some context, like kind of putting the final yeah. pieces together, whereas the action's primarily showing what's going yeah. on. Yeah, this movie- or, or, or Star Wars. Or yeah. Star Wars, where it does the opening crawl. So, mm-hmm. so it lets the viewers guess but with context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, I'm able to I'm able to let it pass like for like the very like the very beginning and then okay, you know, because we gotta set up the world a little bit. If that's what you gotta do, that's just what you gotta do. But this movie just kind of keeps on just dropping shit in. Like we get a mm-hmm. lot at the beginning. We keep getting it like peppered throughout of people talking about things, talking about mm-hmm. like, oh, the de- the demon war and the gargoyles. Like it's a lot of just talking in an action movie (laughs) yeah as again it's it's i always feel like i feel like this is the messed up at midnight reference and i really want to and i really hate (laughs) that this is our reference for most movies but john fucking wick man it's an action movie for the love of god it's an action movie which is exactly what this thing is but you Mm -hmm. know what john wick does he lets you fucking guess what happens Mm -hmm. it's it's (laughs) The viewer wants to come to their own conclusion. That's what they mm-hmm. want at the end of the day. They don't want to ha- be handheld. They want to mm-hmm. be told. They want to. They want to know. Mm-hmm. They want to figure it out. But mm-hmm. so, why this this move this whole podcast could be summed up in a masterclass of show don't tell for the love of God just show don't tell. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is so, so, so confusing. 
and I actually I got some I got some things I got we're gonna we're gonna do another bit here that we do at Mess of Midnight where I where I ask Mike a question and he has to he has to figure it out. I got mm-hmm. I got a few questions for you here, Mike. Oh, all right. Okay. So early drafts of the script had a post credit scene that foreshadowed a sequel and a crossover with what franchise? Okay, I'm thinking it's a classic horror horror monster. Mm-hmm. It was originally from the NB from like NBC Universal mm-hmm. like sort of thing where it's got all the old school monsters. Mm-hmm. Like 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 uh Dracula and like the creature from the Black Lagoon. And I'm trying to pull from that little group. And I think the creature from the Black Lagoon would be the weirdest one. And I would love to see an edgy creature from the Black Lagoon. And also, I can't think of other ones other than Dracula and the creature from the Black Lagoon. So we're gonna, just going to go with that. Well, Mike, I'm going to be honest. You are absolutely wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You, All right. Usually because... I'm kind of wrong, but absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Because you, you went in the like absolute wrong direction with this <laughs> you, 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 you were you were giving this movie much too too much credit because the movie that this was going to cross over with the franchise was going to be underworld what <laughs> i'm dead see- underworld are you really mm-hmm. yeah why I'm- see okay see part of me part of me is like why would that why 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 but another part of me is is like no no it this is sense. beginning to make sense because mm-hmm. they're both like just kind of cruddy like mid mid to late 2000s horror action movies mm-hmm. and they're both they both have a convoluted lore that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and everything mm-hmm. is just dark like the whole palette is just dark yeah, so, and he the um guy that came up with the story, uh Kevin Grievick, I don't I'm sorry if I mis- mispronounce his last name. He actually is one he he actually I think he had acting and was involved with the Underworld series. So he did have some involvement as like an actor and he also was the person that came up with the idea of I Frankenstein. I believe it started off as a graphic novel that he then sold to another company. So yeah, I was just like, oh. that's it's both Wait, so like th- there's source material to this. There is source material to this. All right, was- well, <laughs> I'm interested in the source material because what? Because after after looking at this, what the hell piece? I really want to know where they were coming from. Like, because, good God. Like, they missed the mark on so many levels. Now I'm like, is the is the graphic novel also just unimaginably shitty? Or is it like, they just really fucked up? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> this movie, right. movie is like, a, this movie is a confusing mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. And the production of it and, like, how it got made is even more confused. But what what I think is the most confusing thing of all, apart from, you know, Aaron Eckhart's <laughs> career, some of the some of like the decisions with the characters, which we'll get to in the movie, is the director and the writer of this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, the director slash writer of this movie 
wrote a very influential movie in 2004. What movie was it? Oh, 2004. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think. I think all I can think of when I think of 2004 movies is like, I think of like the very like coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, but I can't think of any coming of age stories that like really align with this at all. Um, God damn. I actually don't know. I'm not, I'm at a loss. Please inform me, inform me. So this movie was written and directed by Stuart Beattie. Maybe that's how you pronounce his name. The Australian filmmaker who is better known as the writer for Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a different direction. What yeah, happened, that... Stuart? Okay, so here's the thing, like, why that blows my mind so much you see the movie collateral is one of the most i haven't read by okay first of all i haven't read every single screenwriting book out there i I just Mm -hmm. haven't i would we'd be here all day we like i wouldn't i wouldn't have this podcast if i did if i did i was about to say yeah but i've read like you know i've read like the main ones like save the cat story by robert mckee um sid field screenwriter workbook and Mm -hmm. one of the most commonly referenced scripts like oh you can see this principle of screenwriting used in collateral. Like that is one of the most referenced movies. That is it screenwriting really books. It, it really is. Cause I mean the script, like it's just, it's well-written. It's well put together. It has a nice character arc. We have good interaction between Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx who are like polar opposites. Like it's a quintessential screenwriters movie. How the wow. fuck does that guy go from <laughs> making that to I Frankenstein. <laughs> it's it's one thing that makes you sit there and just like take a step back and go, did this guy just have the worst day of his life? Or was he or did he just strike gold? Because now I'm like, because now I want to sit there and peek behind the curtain, peel off the layers of this onion and see if his other works are also equally as shitty or if he just sat there and or if he just like really just shat the bed on one movie. Well, you want to know another movie that he's written? Lay it on me. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. No, no, you see, now, now, now you've, now you've, now you have answered my question. Mm-hmm. He just had a bad day because the G.I. Joe series from the early 2010s is mm-hmm. flawless. And we all know that they cannot be changed. G.I. Joe Retaliation starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson is just so awesome. It's so badass. It's just, it's just chef's kiss. Absolutely. Just, it is just the prime example of the tw- of like the late 2000s, early 2010s action movies. Yeah. When was everyone say, was trying to be Transformers. I was about to say, it's literally that and wanted. That's what that is what in my brain defines early 2010s like action movies. So now, Mike, we're going to get to the ever important question. Okay. If this movie were a drink. What would it be and why? This movie inspired me. Oh. It 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 inspired me to think. It made me take a step back and really drink it all in. And dr- by drink, I mean come up with a drink. 
and that drink oh. is called Witch's Blood. Which which is we have a Mike? Is this your first original? <laughs> this is my first. This is my first original. So oh, we, is, guys, we so, have messed up at midnight first here. Just please I know, lay it I on know, me. <laughs> I know. It's it's. I'm here. I'm here, man. So. So or, so the original cocktail is called Witch's Blood, and that calls okay. for half a cup of sherry schnapps, half a cup of vodka, one cup of whiskey, a third cup of lemon juice, and four cups of cherry soda. That's a now, very like, I, diff- that's a very like different like amounts. Like a third mm-hmm. here, a half here, a fourth here, like it Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now I made a small adjustment. Okay. To make gargoyles blood. Ooh. Okay. Half a cup of cherry schnapps. Okay. Half a cup of vodka. One cup right. of whiskey. One third cup of lemon juice. And then four fucking cups of Monster Energy Original Flavor, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... And I want to break this shit down. Because this movie made me think. All right. So, okay. So... The, I, I sat there and I looked at this movie and this movie has whiskey written all over it. Not in like the really? traditional sense of what you think okay. of like it's sophisticated, has a lot of complexity. No, it's mm-hmm. got the whiskey. It's got the mentality of, of whiskey that like a 14 year old has where it's. I've hear I hear whiskey, the word whiskey a lot in movies whenever men are drinking. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's a man's drink. Therefore, I drink whiskey. And then they proceed to go around to all their buddies and talk about how they only exclusively drink whiskey. Mm-hmm. And this movie just screams 14-year-old that got that got too much that got too much of an opinion. It, okay. This movie has big Kyle energy. Okay. So that's why I go with the whiskey. The vodka is just because. At the end of the day, the 14-year-old realizes that whiskey is an acquired taste and goes for the vodka, just because that goes down quicker. And then the Monster Energy, just because... I mean, fucking look at it. Look at this movie and do not tell me that this has Monster Energy written all over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do see a 14-year-old Xbox player in, like, 2010 really vibing with this movie. Yeah, they would... I could totally hear Stuart Beatty going over and going... Okay, Kyle, I know you're into gothic horror, and you are, in fact, a child. So what are the kids like at this point? And he's like, Gargoyles and Demon Wars. And he's like, we can work with this. We can work with this. I'm just like, I like this. (laughs) I think you know what you're talking about, Kyle. (laughs) Who's the protagonist? Frankenstein! You're like, all right, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he probably, like, was, I don't know. Like maybe he was like blanking on a you know a, a character, and then he sees like his Frankenstein book that he was reading as like yeah, freshman exactly. lit class. It was like eh, that one. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to sit there and be. He was like initially he was like Spider Man, and then he was and then he was like we, we can't like, afford Spider Man. We can't afford Spider Man. He goes, I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> That's okay. That's interesting. I like it. Gargoyles, but we're gonna have to try that one because. God, it'll, probably say, give, it'll probably give us a heart attack. So you got a whiskey, you got a whiskey vibe from this. I saw things a little bit differently. Oh, all right. I thought gin. I got, uh, a, I see he- I got a heavy gin feel because I mean, like a straight shot of gin looking at this movie. It 
I was feeling pain and just like worried about what's to come. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah. let's start off our drink like that. Let's put three shots of gin. Let's just do that first. Oh my God. So we have our base. Okay, what, what can we add? Let's add some melon liqueur because, you know, Frankenstein, you know, oh, a yeah, green yeah. monster. Yeah, okay. So yeah, we're exactly. throwing, like, throwing like two parts of that. We have gargoyles in this movie. You know what? Uh, let's put some um, iconic stone gargoyle IPA in there. It, it doesn't mix well oh. with what we have. Just fuck you. We have gargoyles now. Put a heavy <laughs> splash in there. We got demons. Okay, boom. Dank demons IPA. There we go. We now have demons. What about the gin? What about it? We have gargoyles and a demon war. Just give us like a healthy splash of the dank demon IPA. Oh, wait. we It's also in the future. We have some like futuristic science. Okay, blue Curacao. You know, future is blue. You know, yeah, that'll wiggle up two shots of that. We got evil old Elon Musk. Fuck, throw some more gin in there. And um yep, yeah, yeah, that that that's the drink. Why I mean, why does this drink feel like it's just three different drinks just shittily rolled into one? It's that's... because it is. Oh my god. Yeah, I was about this that sounds like it'll send me to the hospital. This one it, like this no, movie. it sounds like yeah, but exactly, exactly. <laughs> this movie, this this co- both of our cocktails will send will send you to the hospital, but for different reasons. Mine will send you because you have heart palpitations now. Yours is now, yours is now because your liver has failed you. <laughs> you have liver cirrhosis now. Good job. Dude, it's, it's, it's three shots of gin. Well, t- 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 like three and a half and like, you know, four. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a healthy amount. It's a lot of gin. And then two beers, of which not, are not... not- not, not like not like a full not like a full beer, just kind of like a like a splash, like just enough to just a remedy, just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> All right, we'll call it we'll call it the we'll call it the gargoyles goodbye. Gargoyles blood and gargoyles goodbye. Because <laughs> I mean, you're go you're gonna see gargoyles and you're gonna get a strong goodbye after this. So let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> And guys, let's just make it very clear: we are not telling you to go out there and drink this. Do not go out and try this. That is for me and Mike to try. So I was about to say, you can't do it because we have to first. (laughs) So guys, let us crack open a cold one. Let us just dive headfirst into what the fuck happened with I Frankenstein. So we start off on some operatic vocals and Aurora Borealis. Mm-hmm. Great fucking start to this movie. And this is when we get the exposition that me and Mike were talking about earlier, narrated by Harvey Two-Face, of all people. So his cre- so this guy's creator, Dr. Frankenstein, wants to create life. And then, you know, he just does it. It's like, nope, just immediately. Like, all right, boom, there, boom, there's life. It's like, all right, my job here is done. So anyway, Frankenstein's monster gets, you know, pissed off and kills his wife for what reason we don't really like well no first of all dr frankenstein tries to dispose of the monster but the monster comes back then kills the wife and then leaves so dr frankenstein goes hunting and they go into the cold but frankenstein is immune to the cold and that makes his creator freeze and die and this is already like two minutes into the movie when the monster has already buried his dad. It's, 
this uh this yeah this movie this movie's intro flies at a mile a minute mm-hmm. in, in in what could actually have been a really cool opening because like you said it's that operatic dark aurora borealis thing and i sat there and unironically i went okay this isn't too bad mm-hmm. and then it goes through the opening and you're just sitting there going, oh, okay, all right, cool. Nope. There's no talk of the struggles. And also, I don't know. I'm going to be, I'm going to tell the viewers this or the listeners this right now. Um, haven't read the original Frankenstein. I'll, really? I'll be the first one to say that I have not read the original Frankenstein. So I have no idea if this follows the story, but. I mean, it, does the original story, does the original story follow Frankenstein? Using collie sticks to fight off demons and gargoyles. Uh, again, I, I, if if it did, Mary Shelley was very forward thinking, and we all need to applaud her for it. <laughs> no wonder she's one of the most influential authors ever. Um, so yeah, because yeah, she predicted like a hundred things. She's doing it more than the Simpsons are doing it. <laughs> Pretty sure if you go back, you can see like a like a nine eleven reference in there somewhere. Right? <laughs> and then two gargoyles struck the cathedral towers. <laughs> yeah, so like you said, this movie it just kind of takes like the outline of Frankenstein and just rolls with it. We don't get a whole lot of like we we get the talks of like what it means to be human, which pisses me off so much later on. I'll. I'll get into that. You guys just have to. You guys just have to stick around you'll for have, that. You'll have. You'll have to wait and hear this. So after Frankenstein kills his dad, he goes like takes like a few steps outside of the house that they were in, and we get this dude like from Ghost Rider attacking Frankenstein, and again it goes at a mile. Like okay, here are these people that are attacking Frankenstein dressed in black they've got like they're on fire and they have like these weird pointy heads and there's so many quick whooshing sounds and like gargoyles are there and there are so many jump cuts i was about to say okay i'm so so glad you brought up the jump cuts Mm -hmm. because not only does frankenstein buries his dad and then he's like he's sitting there and just all 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 sad and like conflicted feelings and all of that over burying his dad. And then out of nowhere someone just starts attacking him and he just breaks out into a brawl. Mm-hmm. And you as a me as a viewer, I was just I I I definitely sat there and went, "Oh my god, okay, we need to back up a little bit. All right, what's going on?" And not only that, but I got taken two f- vibes. Like when he's jumping over it, the fence. Yeah, like when he's jumping over the fence because there's so many jump cuts. I was sitting there thinking to myself, "What? What? How? You don't need to make this more intense feeling. Also, it just makes me more nauseous. Mm-hmm. You put as many jump cuts as this has in it. It's so difficult to follow. It doesn't help that it's also like dark outside. So when it's like when it's darker, it's going to be harder to keep track of things. Yeah. So." They're fighting each other, and then we get some, like, other characters that come flying in. We're like, oh, who are these people? And this, like, gargoyle Batman dude comes in to save Two-Face. And this is when we find out the people that jumped Frankenstein 
are demons. And the and of course, you know, the Frankenstein's monster gets knocked out. He's on the ground. The gargoyles come. It was this was uh, this was Captain Boomerang, right? During this scene, yeah. So so this was Captain Boomerang, but I do mm-hmm. want to say. This movie does not introduce anyone. It does not sit there and just, it randomly just has gargoyles come to life and show up. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, there's no gargoyles are flying around talking to each other and then they swoop in. Like, no, it's literally just gargoyle wakes up, gargoyle attacks. And there's, there's, there's no context. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Captain Boomerang knocks them out. Yeah. Captain Boomerang comes in, saves the day. Woohoo. You're Jai Courtney. You're not going to get redeemed until like, you know, five six years later when suicide squad comes out and you're the best part of that movie um so yeah, yeah he comes out frankenstein's knocked out the girl that he's with is trying to shake him and you know frankenstein starts grunting and then she says it's alive you know like that popular frank like it's alive it's alive yeah. she yes. says that and i am like we are we are six minutes in we are si- only <laughs> six minutes in now, and you already pulled that one. Like you just yeah. had to jump the gun with that. Yeah, it's it's. Oh my god, they jumped the shark right off the bat. They just sit there and this do the. They have demon and gargoyle fist fights, like, and then they do the then they do the reference, and you're sitting there just left going, "What the hell is going on?" And even more confusing in the next scene, we get. <sighs> brought to this like cathedral and the monster meets the gargoyle queen and she just mm-hmm. gives more exposition and then the camera backs out we see their we see their home of mount doom and uh, sorry the castle and <laughs> she mentions the Arch- archangel michael okay fine yeah. <laughs> just there's no more there's no more shit in there we got demons we got it's, gargoyles we got frankenstein we're gonna throw an archangel in why not yeah it's why not? it's so it's so odd because their exposition is so long and convoluted mm-hmm. and and also they sit there and shoehorn michael the archangel as being like the organizer of the gargoyle group and you're mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've had the same thought and, but I had this thought and just sort of, I sort of went, why did the movie choose angels? You could have had Michael be the one who leads one who like is like the creator. And then there's like Mm -hmm. some liaison and they're angels. And when they die, they ascend to heaven. Just the gargoyles part specifically. That is the part that confuses me. Angels, angels and demons like, I guess thematically for what this movie was going for it would make sense because you know you got you got angels on one side you got demons on the other side and then you have Frankenstein in the middle who's doesn't have a soul and is trying to find his place in this world. Yeah, the gargoyles yeah, it, and demons are kind of like on the same side. Like I don't know about gargoyle yeah. mythology, but from an outsider's <laughs> perspective, gargoyles and demons they kind of seem like on the same. Side. I'm not a I'm not an expert on gargoyle <laughs> mythos, but I'm assuming. <laughs> they're on the they're on the more dubious side of the tracks. So now, so now, Queen Leonore gets involved. She involves Frankenstein's monster in this war, and she somehow knows about him. By the way, I mean, from for all we know, that this movie could have just you know been 
over the course of like a night. But it, this movie doesn't offer any context of time. And by the way, she gives the monster the name of Adam. Yeah. Just suddenly. It's and yes, and then he just goes with it. He just sits there and goes, "Okay." And the, and like like up to this point, all we have learned about Adam, as he's now being called, is that he is ridiculously edgy and hates most people. Mm-hmm. And this and this random woman who kidnapped him is going, "You're Adam now," and he's like, "All right, word, I'm Adam." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, like I, thematically, I feel like he would have put a bit more of a fight, but okay. Yeah, it, it feels just so out of nowhere. Like he he rolls with it, and then all of a sudden, everyone is now calling him Adam. But then I found something out. I want to read this to you because I found this on the IMDb trivia section. <laughs> of course, he did. The Gargoyle Queen notes that Frankenstein's creation was never given a name. There, um, you know, and she gives him the name Adam. There are three instances of Adam in the novel Frankenstein, all by the creation, all in the third party reference. And then it lists some different times when they use the name Adam in the novel Frankenstein. But there's an alleged quote by Mary Shelley that if the creature had a name, it would be Adam. But this is not from a novel. This is from the an interview, and it was clearly a hypothetical, like, you know, if-then type oh, thing. Okay. But according to some reports, there was a lost scene in the original Universal Pictures Frankenstein movie referring to Boris Karloff's monster as Adam. Oh, that's actually interesting. Like it's it's interesting, but like the way that this movie decides to tackle that idea of yeah, Frankenstein being named Adam is like, hey, your name like I'm gonna call you Adam now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like okay. It's like it's like the yeah. name you give to like a dog that you find on yeah, the side of like, like, like she's she's literally going about it the same way you go about naming your dog. You're like, uh, or like your cat. You're like, uh, I'm gonna call you a mittens from now on. And then it's like the cat's like, all right, whatever. It's just and she does it with the same energy and inflection. In it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting backstory that if they put a little more effort in would be cool. But they didn't and just were very matter of fact about it. So it just sounds stupid. Yeah, it's just it's so dumb. And but the queen insists that Adam is alive. And, you know, it's like, oh, he's he she's saying, oh, he has a soul and she mentioned something like we now have proof that God is not the sole creator of man. And we're like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Adam basically hears about this whole war that's going on and he's just kind of like, yeah, no, I I don't want any part of that. So like, yeah, some of the other gar some of the other gargoyles like mark some weapons and he just kind of heads out. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so weird that they're like, they're, they're like, we need your help for this. You're our only hope. And he goes, I'm good. And, <laughs> just, and then they go, and they go, well, okay, here's some weapons on your way out. And then <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's so fucking weird because I don't know if I were the gargoyles, I'd be a little miffed. I'd be a little bit like, Hey man, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're immortal. So like, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll see him down the line at some yeah, point. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were like, ow, it'll, yeah, it'll be a little bit of time, it's fine. Yeah, and what does Adam do with these newfound weapons? He To make the time pass, 
he goes out into the Arctic and just twirls these swords on a mountain just to pass the time while he never it's, dies. God damn, he's like a mall ninja. He's like a mall ninja. He's literally, he literally goes, humans disgust me. I retreated to the furthest depths and studied the blade. And you're just, the whole time, I'm sitting there cackling going, who is this edgy like he's he literally sounds like a 14 year old who just watched naruto and is like and is like i like sasuke because he doesn't like anyone i hate my dad <laughs> i'm gonna go train in the forest with the leaf village <laughs> yeah exactly and he does the and he's sitting there just like in a, in the woods doing jutsus as he's like swinging around homemade nunchucks yeah so he just fucking goes to the woods swings these sticks around and then by the magical power of haircuts, we flash forward like two, 250 years, just all of yes. a sudden. I, oh Lord, I want, I have something to say about this. Okay, so it time cuts, and he, and the, the only indication of a time cut is he has short hair and is clean shaven. And you, you're left going, what? Why? <laughs> Okay, whatever, whatever, fine, whatever. Yeah, haircut. What he also says that really just rubbed me the wrong way is how in the movie he he says, I haven't seen people in over 250 years and humans mm. haven't changed. And you're, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself as if you're okay. He's lived in isolation. He, before, before he says that, He's walking in in a full ass hoodie and jeans. And I'm sitting there going like, where did he get this modern outfit? If he has not spoken to someone in 250 years, shouldn't he be looking like someone from fucking from like the 1700s? Why is he why is he in jeans and a hoodie and talking about how he hasn't spoken to people? Who cut his hair? Why is it so quaffed and why is he clean shaven? He's what you wanna know you wanna know what he used to cut his hair, Michael? He used bears, man. He was in the woods. He just went up to a bear. They cut his hair, cut his beard off. He fucking fashioned the clothes by pine needles and wood. That's what he did. You just see a little grizzly bear just like giving him a snip. Just be hey, so how are the woods today, Aaron? He goes, ah, they're fine. I mean, that would get around the whole problem of him not speaking to any people. My guess? Oh, like grizzly man. He oh, just hung like out he, with bears. Like he just like he literally just full on snapped and went all cast away, but with bears. Exactly. Like, like he goes, he goes, this here's Charles, and we get along really well. And Charles is literally just a massive bear. The bears go into the city and do his shopping for him. <laughs> there's a bear, there's a bear at fucking at fucking like Publix or like Target just sitting there. <laughs> Just just buying like canned meat and like vegetables. Hey, just sends a bear just into the city. Like, yeah, he's a bit like a bear's like wearing a sign that says pick up for Adam at like yeah. Publix. And they just and the he's, grocer just like puts the stuff on the bear's back and the bear just walks into the woods with it. I just or I like the idea of, of Adam turning to the bear and going, now, Charles, I need to, I need you to give this W two to H and R Block, and I need you to take the envelope from H and R Block back to me. And he's like, okay. 
<laughs> Where's that spinoff movie? Adam Frankenstein and his bear friend Charles. <laughs> that would be great. Are you shitting me? I would love that. That would be. Dude, I just love. I just love that this podcast has literally come up with so many like movie ideas, a a, a not small amount of which are just mundane activities, but with a quirky twist. Like Coolie, it's one of them is literally just Coolio going out there, and this one's Aaron Eckhart and a bear. Yeah, exactly. It's Aaron Eckhart and a bear. Just oh, they, they watch the most recent Marvel movie. They they go to an e- they go to an easy steak dinner. They kayak down a river. I I love it. I I love it, and it would be much better than this movie. Absolutely, of course it would. So now we're in modern days, getting away yeah. from the bear talk for for a second. We'll probably come back to it later if we're honest. Absolutely. So Adam goes into a club, like a modern day fucking thing, and then all of a sudden we're outside. So Two Face is like now having to fight a demon in an alleyway that's jumped him. Oh yeah, the demons are still hunting him. So like yeah, yeah. The police try to come stop him. Another demon comes out of nowhere. Adam fights and kills one demon and a chase ensues and Mm -hmm. the police officer gets hurt. Now, by the way, I want to make something clear. What I just described that took, that was like 30 seconds, but that also took me minutes of rewinding and pausing just because of the amount of jump cuts and just how hard to follow this movie is at some times. Dude, it's honestly, it's honestly exhausting because i i also had sitting there pausing and going wait 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 i gotta rewind because so many jump cuts would occur and it would just be so so much would happen like Mm -hmm. i understand slowness in action now and its importance because this movie shows you that too much speed and too Mm -hmm. many jump cuts really makes for a bad movie Mm -hmm. or a bad action scene i should say yeah so anyway they the police officer gets killed. Chase scene ensues. Gargoyle gets away. But then all of a sudden, there Adam's like on top of this fucking like not a sky like on top of like an apartment complex, it looks like. And a yeah. gargoyle comes out of nowhere, grabs Adam, and they just fly away. And like, it's okay. It's it's almost as if it's almost as if the invisible hand of movie progression <clears throat> comes by, picks Adam up, and goes next scene. And like Adam's like, oh okay. It's literally just like it's not even a gargoyle. It was just like he was getting pulled invisibly, just off like, into this. Like the movie needs you over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just no, CGI like, gargoyle in. It's literally like in the old Looney Tunes shows when it's the little like hook would come out and like drag them off stage, mm-hmm. but like for movies. <laughs> so yeah, Adam gets hooked off to fucking somewhere, but that doesn't matter right now because we go to another scene in some laboratory where scientists are doing science things on a rat while they say science terms it's it's oh god i i love it i love it as someone who has done who has been around stem research Mm -hmm. and and this isn't me sitting there going like i'm an expert and these people are wrong they are but like i'm not an expert but like i have been around these things so I feel like I have a bit of an a, a bit of an idea of how this stuff goes. 
And my God, there is more realistic talk in in the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Like any any complete and utter nerds would probably figure out that any math terms used in Marvel movies are complete and utter nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like they are quite literally complete and utter garbage. Like and like, honest to God, they make way more sense than anything here because it is just like four tubes and a rat tied to tied to one, and they're just shooting electricity at it. Like it is like it looks like a saw. It looks like it looks like a sci-fi version of a saw trap. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally could have just used like a defibrillator if they were just trying to electrocute something back to life. Yeah, they didn't, they could have just put a bunch of wires in it and just fucking hit go. Like they didn't they didn't need to create all this fanfare about it. They could have just gone. It one, two, and go. Alright, it's not alive. Okay. <laughs> they could have just gone clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just sitting there with like two like I like the fibrillator going boom on like a rat. So yeah, a- apparently just sh- just shoving just thousands of volts of electricity through a small rat makes its heart beat again. I'm like, oh, okay. What's this gonna do? Doesn't matter. Here's evil Elon Musk. We get like a bad music cue. Evil Elon. Like the reason I say like evil Elon is looking at him. I'm like, you kind of look like Elon Musk in like 30 to 40 years. If you just like lost 20 pounds and just got yeah. ridiculously evil. Yeah. It's like, he's, you know, it's just, it's just malicious billionaire vibes. So you're like, ah, Elon Musk. And then he just sits there and goes further down the rabbit hole of like, of like looking like him, but like mm-hmm. in like, but like at age like 75. Mm-hmm. And then he just sits there and just, yeah, he, he literally, it is literally has evil guy Q like mm-hmm. written on fucking on the Q card because literally he leans out of the shadows and then the music goes, baba as he like goes in. It is, you're, you're, it's like, it is literally this subtle, it is about as subtle as just, as just a jackhammer. Like it is, like you're like oh that is the antagonist like good lord that is one thing i've noticed about like covering these movies is that subtlety is not we never we never talk about i don't think we've talked about a movie being too subtle i could be wrong we got to go back and listen to all of the episodes we've done but i don't really feel like we ever most of the time when we talk about a movie it's not being subtle enough like it's just yeah. it's shoving things down our throat with these types well, of things, which again, some of it's well, not a bad thing. Like you know, musical cues, but it doesn't. But like the musical cues they use is dun dun dun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no. Uh, this is what we now have to look out for. We now have to mm-hmm. find movies that are too subtle, mm-hmm. that they don't tell us enough of what's going on. That's what we need to find now. That'll be that'll be interesting. We're 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 gonna have to keep an eye out on it on that. Exactly, exactly. So but, evil Elon goes to his evil lair with evil desk and evil henchmen, and he's talking to one of the demons that is that attacked uh, Adam earlier. I want to point out a line that the guy said. He said, "I think I wounded it." I think it's wounded. And there was something about the delivery on this like discount agent Smith demon looking ass that was yes. just 
absolutely yes. fucking yes. hilarious. Like, I think I wounded. Yes. I think it's. I think it's wounded. And he like like was bringing his eyebrows down, like nodding his head along with it. Like he had like the Wi-Fi symbol in like, the middle of his forehead. Like, like he was convincing himself. Like he was like, I, I think I wounded it. And then he turns to the guy and just goes, I wounded him. And you're. It's like, it's just such a weird line. It's just such a weird line. And then he just sits there and he, he and then he does, he literally, I didn't, I didn't even make that reference or that mm-hmm. draw, but he does look like a discount agent Smith. He literally does. He looks like, he looks like great value agent Smith. And then that line delivery just, oh my God, it made me die inside. <laughs> And I think evil Elon hated this so much, hated this line delivery so much, he just smacks the shit out of him and just flexes his neck veins. Oh, and uh, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but they mentioned someone by the name of Prince Nibirius <laughs> at the beginning of this movie. Um, yeah, that that's this guy who who who, who fucking would have thought that. Yeah, big, big, I was about to surprise. say, bad guy, yeah, the, the, the per, yeah, it's bad guy name with evil guy like intro you're like oh yeah that's nebirious which i guess i i guess the movie performs its job of telling you who the bad guy is but mm-hmm. my god they like like we had said before the subtlety is just sad so we go from this scene to two-face getting carried off in some weird bdsm thing with the gargoyles he met at the beginning and uh, Okay, that happens. And then we're back with the reanimated mouse for some weird fucking reason. Evil Elon's asking the scientist lady. I feel like we have a lot of scientist lady characters. Yeah, it's on this podcast. It's very it is it is very weird that there are a lot of scientist lady characters. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah, it's I mean I mean, I guess it's good on representation. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess even shitty movies need their need their diverse casts, and we can all applaud that, you know. Even shit, even shitty movies need diversity. Exactly, exactly. Man, cheers. Now, that's a, I was about to say now, that sounds like an HR an HR fucking seminar five hundred one. God damn. No. Um. So yeah, they yeah. She the doc. I'm gonna call doctor. That's her title. I'm looking at the character. So this doctor. Wait, is her name not said ever? Her doctor her name is Dr. Tara Wade. Didn't even know her name was Tara or Wade. I all I heard was doctor. And I also also it's the girl from Chuck. So I just kept calling her girl from Chuck. <laughs> Fuck it, sure. The girl from Chuck is here too, so Yeah, I was, I, was, I don't know. I was like, I just watched Chuck back in the day, and I was like, and then I saw her and I went. Well, she's in this too. Wow, she really <laughs> fell off. So evil Elon's talking to the girl from Chuck, and evil Elon's asking, "Do you know about Doctor Frankenstein?" And then goes on this whole thing of like, so hypothetically, if Frankenstein were to exist, and just kind of drags this big scene off where evil Elon's talking about reanimation, and the girl from Chuck is there, just kind of like yes, nodding with along with science terms. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's this guy's motivation for the rest of the movie, just spoken out and told to us. Yeah, Word. It's, <laughs> it would have would have been great if we could have picked up on that, but nope. 
Yeah, and after and immediately after this scene, we go to back to Queen Leonor, and she walks in to talk to Adam. By the way, she hasn't seen Adam in what, like 200, 250 years? Yeah, like, it's, no, it's been a it's, long time. It's, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, so she walks in and just starts talking to him like she just saw him like 15 minutes ago. It's like she yeah, comes walk, like it's like she comes walking like it's like he like went out to like he said he took out the trash and like you know mom's sitting down on the couch she goes up and goes up into her son's room and barges in like hey have you taken the trash out like that's the same energy that I was yeah, getting exactly. from this scene. Yeah, no, it's it's so weird because it's the the movie follows the movie time frame in terms of casual conversation. Like mm-hmm. she's like my god what have you been doing these past 200 years it's just been like hey what's up bro (laughs) it's like hey and they just start conversating and you're like oh okay okay yeah it's it's they're they're talking but it's like leonor pulls like a complete 180 on what she said because like remember at the beginning of the movie she said you know i was like she's he's got a soul like there's something special about him we now have proof and she pulls a 180 saying like you were made in a laboratory and getting mad at him because he killed the police officer from earlier. So like, it's just like a complete fucking 180 on her beliefs. Can we just talk about, can we just talk about, or at least bring it up how the, how the gargoyles, their mood changes on Adam as a, as a character. Mm Mm-hmm. It changes with the damn seasons. Like yeah. they they literally go from he's our last hope to being like he sucks, we should get rid of him. And there's no consistency. It's not like Queen Leonor is like no, he's perfect the whole way through and everyone else is like, "Ah, oh, he sucks." But like no, literally everyone changes their mind. They all mm-hmm. collectively go, "He's terrible." Or they go, "He's amazing." It's there's no consistency. They are literally like they're literally like a bad ex. They just change mm-hmm. their mind so regularly that it's just exhausting. It's literally like those like popular girls you like knew in school. It's like, well, we don't talk to them anymore. Like she's not our yeah, friend anymore. Like, like the one girl that the one girl of the friend group just like goes to go eat lunch at another time. Like we're not talking to her anymore. And then they're talking. Yeah, like, exactly. Next week they're eating at the same. I was like, oh yeah, she's my best friend. Like it, it's it's that level of just like. <laughs> They're together. Oh no, we yeah. fucking hate it. It's it's just it's like ping pong. It when really. When we is. all bought when we all bought brats, she bought a Barbie, so we don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> I, anyway, moving on. After this, I was I, I was trying to think of something to say, but I was like, oh, it's this movie's not worth <laughs> yeah, my time or my say, energy. Yeah, just keep, about to say, this movie's low energy, so we we might as well be as well. In the next scene. We see evil Elon talking to his gang and, you know, they've like figuring out like, oh, bring me <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. And that's really the basis of the scene. But I do want to point out one guy that looks like you remember you remember Heroes from like 2006. Oh, yeah. Heroes with like I Milo do. Ventimiglia. There's one dude that looked like Siler just standing in the background. Look at that, ah. look, that looks like discount Siler for me, Heroes. What the fuck? You're like, you're like, you're like hey, Siler, good to see you getting work, bud. You're, I love Heroes. You're great in that. I, I love season one. I love the season one. Season. Yeah, exactly. You just go, season one was good. The rest of them happened. They, they, they happened. Were a thing. 
so we so we get the demons running towards this cathedral oh shit now we're getting like we're getting a war between the gargoyles and the demons while adam is just chained up like just like the people in mike's basement it's like a lot of shit's going on in one area meanwhile this one hey Hey, 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 we agreed to keep put the put the kibosh on that, all right? All right, sorry, guys. What happened uh, to the NDAs? Guys, uh, please disregard. Mike does not have anybody tied up in his basement. He just likes to get Don't tied worry. up in his basement. My mistake. That's No, no, no a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little, we'll little, little bit of column B, in all honesty. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Por Canolos dos. Por Canolos dos. No, no worse than the people chained in your attic. <laughs> That's especially worrying considering I live in an apartment. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, you pay a little bit extra for that extra extra space upstairs. Battle scene. So we get this like CGI big battle scene. And I think, okay, I think CGI, CGI takes work. I've, I've expressed this a long time on the podcast. CGI takes work and the guys behind it are immensely talented. I think it gets a bad rap. Because, you know, like the audience in the know and that particular movie audience, whenever they see CGI, they just view it as inconsequential, like violence happening on screen, you know, faceless henchmen dying. But as we've seen with the Avengers, it can be done well. Yes, very well. So it's just with this movie the reason it doesn't work is because Adam, our Frankenstein, he's not involved. He's not involved in the movie. He's not involved in the fight. He's chained nope. up. It's he, just, he's literally just chained up in the tower. Like, like fucking Rapunzel. Like <laughs> this movie's called I Frankenstein, not a I demon and gargoyles are fighting each other. Exactly. I want to see Frankenstein. not demons. And I want to see Frankenstein. I paid for Frankenstein. And then what do we get next? We get blue sky beams in this movie. Yes. Sure. Fuck yes. it. We get sky beams. Yeah. Sky beams. <laughs> Gotta love me some sky beams. So the people up in the top, like uh, around Adam, I think it's like, I don't, well, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Jai Courtney is in this one, but it's like two other gargoyles <laughs> that are saying like, we are the last line of defense. And I think he's just on like, we like as in the room. And I'm like, dude, my, my brother in Christ this battle has been going on for three minutes, and you have a whole army of just statue people. The fuck is going on? Yeah, is I was like, this this war is fast, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, we're we're the last line, we're it, and I was like, just really, really, damn, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys, we're the we're the last thing here. We're the last. We're we're the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so you, they, you don't bring a better movie into this. <laughs> so, two. So Adam, Two Face, whatever. Aaron Eckhart, bad decisions. Whatever you want to call them, man, <laughs> man, buddies up with the one of the gargoyles, and he just get offers like the most minor amount of convincing to get taken out of this weird sex chair that he's in. He's just like, hey, Ophir, uh, can you let me out? And Ophir's like, yeah, okay, cool. So Ophir like lets him out. Then Frankenstein comes out. Ophir's battling. 
demons and shit. Gargoyles jump out of the church and chase after the demons. We're back with Two Face. He watches one of the guard. Oh yeah, by the way, Ophir dies in this. Ophir dies in this scene, and they're trying to yeah. play it up as like this big fucking thing, and like, uh, yeah, that it's it's, it's it, so weird. Yeah, because yeah, she just fucking kicks the bucket, mm-hmm. and it's just we don't know. We haven't had enough screen time with her to really have us. No, Ophir is the, the guy. Ophir is the guy. But the girl also does die to go be with him. Yeah, it's just the two of them. <laughs> they're like, they just died. And it's like supposed to be this emotional moment. But like, you have no ties to them. So you're like left going, okay, they're dead then, I guess. Okay, and literally cool. also, Adam's convincing is the worst thing in the world. He literally turns to them and goes, let me fight. Let me fight. And they went... <laughs> Well, that's pretty convincing. And they just cut him. And you're like, okay. Put me in, coach. Just put me in, coach. Literally, he's just like, they're just, he literally is talking to them like, like an excited, like an excited high school student, high school football star talking to their coach. He's like that one like, J- coach, like, a, JV, right, get him. a JV linebacker in the, <laughs> in, the, in the fourth quarter when there's two minutes left and they're winning. He's like, come on, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Yeah. I can take him. Like like he's Rudy. Like he's fucking Rudy. Like just like throw me in. <laughs> okay. So Two Face starts fighting this one demon. Then he's trying to figure out like what the big plan is. He kicks the demon once, and the demon reveals like, oh yeah, here's this whole big plan of them taking away uh Leonor. And so yeah, Adam Two Face Frankenstein is now off to go save Leonor for the movie. And I'm like, okay, we all. What's the purpose? what's what is stopping adam from just being like oh damn that sucks and and then just just walking away i mean that's literally what he did at the beginning of this movie it's it's again motivations are real out of whack here because adam is freed fights Mm -hmm. all that good all that good business Mm -hmm. leonor just gets taken randomly out of nowhere and when and like she has no security detail like it's just her just yep. chilling, and then you just take her. But in any case, Adam just suddenly feels a duty to like go get her, mm-hmm. and there's no reason behind it, no rational one. It's just he's just like, I gotta do it. You're like, I mean, not really. No, you, you don't. just. But Jai all Co- you gotta do is get the book and keep going. Yeah, uh, but Jai Courtney actually takes the book. Yeah, Captain Boomerang tries to go reason with the demons by giving him his like sixth grade copy of frankenstein while harvey two-face like so jai courtney goes off to go find this what the demon that kidnapped leonore and frankenstein follows him so captain boomerang goes to like let the discount agent smith borrow his copy of frankenstein all while harvey two-face is watching from the balcony and I mean, honestly, my description of this scene just sounds so much better than what's actually going on. But Captain Boomerang <laughs> comes up and just like gives him gives the demon the book. Captain Boomerang takes Queen Leonore. Agent Smith takes the book and Two Face is like, "Oh fuck this!" and just springs into action. I just like I again. This is this could also apply to several like movies outside mm-hmm. of I Frankenstein, but I Frankenstein's fallen on the chopping block today. Why after the conversation did he spring in? 
Why, Why he... did he wait until everyone was like, cool, handshakes all around, time to depart. And mm. he's like, not so fast. Like, like I'm curious why he decided that now was the golden opportunity for him to really take charge. Well, yeah, because the demon goes back to the science building and Two-Face, he breaks in to like this parking lot area. Evil Elon is there like standing in this parking lot while Agent Smith brings him his copy of Frankenstein surrounded by like this weird like setup where there is like, I don't know what like plastic around, like there's a plastic tent and there is like dead bodies and like a TikTokers ring light lighting this scene <laughs> in the parking lot, like next to what looks like the actual <laughs> matrix, like the dead, oh, body, yeah. the dead bodies, mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I was literally joking about this Agent Smith reference thing, but then when I saw that they had dead bodies hooked up to a machine, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was joking. Guys, 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 I, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, oh my God, it's just, I saw that and literally went, oh, you're kidding me. Okay. All right, cool, cool. No, we'll do a Matrix thing. Cool, we can do a Matrix thing. That's fine. And all this shit is just kind of like happening. To Adam. Oh yeah, it's just occurring. Like, he's not... Like, all he does is follow people and stumble on shit. Which I guess you can argue is, like, how a lot of movies go forward. But at mm -hmm. least there's... It feels like there's foresight or, like, thought going into, like, the protagonist actions. Mm -hmm. Adam definitely has big, like... I just sort of walked in here and I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm mad. So mm -hmm. that counts. It was kind of like he has in, that sort of vibes. Like in Mad Max Fury Road when Max gets taken hostage and he's trying to like get away from everything. Yeah. And then he gets intertwined with this thing with Furiosa. And, mm -hmm. you know, like it it feels like, you know, things are happening to Max, but all at the expense of him trying to just get out, get away. Yeah. But whereas this all movie is just like movie. it's just like things are happening around Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, the girl from Chuck gets the Frankenstein book and back to Leonor, she is like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have kept that journal from Adam. She's just like, hey, she's she's kind of fucked up. She spouts yeah. some shit about like religion and god and you know this it was like around here where i was like where i made the connection like oh adam adam and eve gotcha <laughs> yeah yeah, like yeah the, totally yeah this is like kind of when they flip back to when uh she flips back to being like no he's on our good side now yeah oh, i swear to god it feels like half of the gargoyle army is just manic because at this scene they're all suddenly just buddy buddy like what do you need from us if you bring so-and-so, help her out, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then just, just in all the other scenes, in some of the other scenes, they're just like, they're like, nope, you suck. It's just they're like, okay, all right. Yeah, so back to the girl from Chuck. She's spouting off some stuff about like electricity, asking questions like, what would it take to kill it? And then Two-Face just fucking breaks some glass, bursts through the, bursts through the <laughs> door, setting off some alarm. And it's, causing the scientists to completely reevaluate their entire career by seeing a fucking literary creature standing right in front of them. 
Yeah, as it is okay. This scene <clears throat> I know is supposed to like come off as like intense or like really hardcore, mm-hmm. but what it came off was just kind of goofy because it's just this big hulking piece of fiction that just looks really angry and confused and just walking towards them, and they're just left going, "What the hell is happening?" Uh, uh, hey, bud, what the fuck is going on? Yes, so this, so the girl from Chuck's like, what the hell's going on? Evil Elon and the gang come in to corner Two Face. There's a monologue, some shit about having a soul, and Two Face is hearing this, and he's like, nope, I think I've heard enough, and just breaks through a window down onto a moving train. And I was so excited because I saw our hero landing on a train. I was like, oh shit. We're about to get a fight scene like in Spider-Man 2 where mm-hmm. there's going to be yeah. him and evil Elon fighting on top of the train. It's going to be it's like, no, no, he just uh, he just sits on the train. Oh, yeah. By the way, he got the book. He sits on the train just like a uh, read his book on the subway. Yeah, he just sits there and has just fallen many, many stories through the ground into a onto a subway car moving at probably around 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it is just like. And just pop in, grab a quick read, like, like that's a completely normal look, and no one's gonna be utterly confused. So yeah, a couple of more inconsequential little scenes happen. The girl from Chuck is leaving the science building, and she's getting on a bus. She gets off the bus, she rounds the corner, and then starts running for some reason. Oh yeah, and then by the way, she gets surprised by Aaron Eckhart. And then she just kind of goes along with whatever it is that he's saying. This creature that she has literally just met, you know, it's fucking Frankenstein just fucking go along with it. Yeah, it's <clears throat> again, she just she's very it seems that she's very trusting and very believing of mm-hmm. whatever whatever speaks to her because this horror who has done nothing but barge into her place of work, steal a book, just scare the living shit out of her and all of her colleagues and then have an argument with her boss, then dive out of out of a window. Mm-hmm. She's like what to hear about. Like like as if someone sat there and had a heat argument with my boss, intimidated all of my coworkers, stole my shit and jumped out, I would be a little like, I need to call the police right is, now. Yeah, maybe I'm just going to like, if we want to talk, we can talk from a healthy distance in public. Like, yeah, it's just like, like Frankenstein's dropping exposition to the scientists using words like demon prince and gargoyle to this person of science. And she's like, oh, you know, I don't believe in gargoyles and demons. And then sees like one of those ghostwriter demons from the beginning. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, shit. All right. Well, fuck. Yeah. Word. She's just she is so casual about this. And like you said, I also <laughs> know people who are involved in the science field who are very like stark in like their beliefs and what they believe in. And if they saw some shit like this, it would give them like an existential crisis because everything yeah. they've ever known would have been completely wrong. <laughs> but no, she's just need, like, hell yeah. Yeah, they would need a goddamn minute. They wouldn't sit there and just <laughs> casually go, yep, 
Like they would know. They would sit there and go, what the hell? No, what? What? No, what? <laughs> and this scene, but what she is so impressed by are Aaron Eckhart and his wicked mad collie stick fighting skills. Dude, yeah. He's, bro, as Napoleon Dynamite has said, girls don't girls like guys with skills, like nunchuck skills. And bro, Aaron Eckhart has these skills. Absolutely. He should just be he should essentially just just have women lining around the block for him with his Cali stick skills. Dude, I actually I want to point out a, another story that I heard about when researching for this. So, let's see, let me see where if I can find it. I'm looking through my notes. So, Aaron Eckhart stated in an interview that during filming one of the Cali stick fighting scenes, I don't know, I don't know if it's this one. Um, just when I saw this scene, it reminded me of this. He thought he broke his neck when he was hit with a powerful blow to the back of the neck during shooting. And he said, and I quote, I went down to the ground like a sack of potatoes. And I'm like, oh, I'm like bro, can you imagine like, obviously actors, stuntmen, they put like during these fight scenes, they put like, you know, their well-being on the line for these types of movies. Oh, but yeah. like if you almost lost your ability to walk for a movie I Frankenstein, wouldn't that wouldn't yeah. that just like make you like a little bit mad? Yeah, no, that would make me more than a little mad. Like if I had sat there and was putting myself on the line, like many of these stuntmen and like actors and actresses do. Like, I would want it, and like, having it be in a movie that's this terrible, like, I would be pissed. Mm -hmm. That's maybe, maybe, maybe they view it as more of an it's part of the job sort of deal, mm -hmm. and they're a little more casual about it, but I would be pissed. I would be pissed. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can also, I can see the part like, they're like, hey, this is my job. This is how I feed my family. You know, I'm going to go wherever yeah, exactly. you know, I can get the money, which again, that is fine. That's okay. I'm not going to judge anybody for wanting to be, wanting to take care of their family, wanting to take care of himself. But the artist in me <laughs> yeah, is no, thinking no, no. that. Yo, my inner artist is like, is absolutely going, no, this would, this would piss me off. So, through this fight scene, we also get exposition by saying, oh yeah, by the way, Frankenstein, you're a dirty fucking ginger that doesn't have a soul. And the girl from <laughs> Chuck comes and reasons with the demon, distracts it, so Adam can just stab it. And then we go back, apparently, Two-Face has an apartment. And they, yeah, it's... That's confusing. Two-Face has a fucking pad. Two faces like, yo, we can just go back. They don't he doesn't even say, I have an apartment or I found a place to stay. Mm -hmm. No, it's literally just card cuts to this apartment. <laughs> and he's just and and he like knows where everything is. And you're like, Oh, is this is it is this is this Frankenstein's where, apartment? Where, where is Charles Aaron Eckhart? Where the fuck is Where is Charles? Friend? Charles Charles is sitting there in like a little apron, just like cooking up pancakes. Like he's like, oh hey, what's going on, everybody? He's like, whoops, I gotta run to the store to go pick me up some maple syrup. <laughs> All right, okay, now we're just now Charles is starting to sound like Paddington. 
<laughs> Paddington 2, man. <laughs> Paddy, Paddington 2, I, Frankenstein right. edition. <laughs> but, and it's also in the scene, I want to give prop, mad props to Aaron Eckhart because Jesus Christ, <laughs> the dude is okay. ripped. Oh my dude, God. Oh, mother of Jesus, you can fry a fucking, you could you could fucking griddle a fucking burger on those abs. Holy shit. Dude. Like, it is, oh my God. I, you know what? Say what we will about this movie. We ain't talking shit about Aaron Eckhart or the no. physical. No, we'll talk shit about Aaron Eckhart. Not the physical work he put in. Good Lord. Holy Lord. Like, dude. that dude is jacked. What the, what the fuck happened? Dude, I'm wondering, like, I, w- I want to know something. So, if you know, like, what did you think of Aaron Eckhart's acting in the movie? Did it seem like he was caring? It seemed like he was putting in the minimal amount of caring. It so, seemed like he. It seemed like he cared in the sense where he went, "I'll do a voice, and I'll get mad for like two scenes, like get real mad for like two scenes." So goes, it's like so. Okay. After that, I'm phoning it in. So okay, think about it like this. So. You're Aaron Eckhart. You just got done with The Dark Knight. And it's 2014. And you hear about a film, I, Frankenstein. You know, and mm-hmm. you're like, you're hearing about it. You're like, okay, you know, this seems like it could be. It's got some people that were involved with Underworld. Like, there's there could potentially be a crossover with it. You got the guy from Collateral. You're thinking, as an actor, you probably think, okay, this could be good seems for me. Like a, this could be like yeah, really, seems- really good for me. I got to. Yeah, this this seems like a safe bet. Yeah, like okay, I gotta I gotta knuckle down. I gotta you know get ready for this role. So he does that. He gets into fucking shape. You know, while they're setting everything up, he is working his ass off. He's maybe like reading the script, and you know, it's like trying to get into like character of that. And then he goes on set, and it's like day five, and he's like, oh yeah, I've I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, exactly. It it definitely I got the same vibes. Mm-hmm. Like he sat there and just he he had he had energy and then he stopped. Mm-hmm. Like he sat there and just went, Oh, it's one of these movies. Okay, all right, you know, fine. So he sits there and just goes like, All right, cool. Uh time to phone it in. Yeah, and Adam also explains in a later like we get a random scene with evil Elon and then we come back to um, Aaron Eckhart's <laughs> apartment where Charles the bear is not there for whatever reason. And God Adam, yeah, son of a bitch. So Adam is you saying, Charles, you've got Charles, man. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> never forgive. Never forget. So Adam is saying that he hates the doctor, Dr. Frankenstein, the person who made him. And like, he explains that like, Dr. Frankenstein, basically, like, Frankenstein never got that wife that he so truly desires. And, yeah. So, after this, they, um, the girl from Chuck calls her buddy Carl, the other scientist guy, to come help them out. So... Adam and the girl from Chuck, they have this like this disagreement where Adam gives her his knife while she says, you know, go look after the gargoyle queen with all the enthusiasm of like a wet bag of chalk. So <laughs> they basically split up. So the um, the girl from Chuck goes 
to get taken by the bad guys after she tries to stab them with a knife that Frankenstein gave them. While yeah. Two-Face is going to go talk to the Gargoyle Queen. And a line I want to point out here is, well, I think this is what the Gargoyle Queen says, you're a unique, lonely being rejected by your maker and the rest of the human being. You don't need a book to tell you that. I'm like, why the fuck does she care about him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we liked him. <laughs> it's again, again, the gargoyles are all a team. <clears throat> I want to, I'm just certain that like the gargoyles are all just a group of people that are just like manic or something. Because honest to God, they change their tune regarding Adam so regularly, like so regularly. Like it's, in one scene, they're like, he is the bee's knees. Um, and on the other hand, they're in an, another scene, they just decide that he's just the worst thing to come out since fucking Adolf. Like, it is, it's never in between. It's never, hey, he's all right. Like, no, it's always, he's great or he sucks. Yeah, but it's, and then immediately, like, later, she's saying, we are your friends, Adam. And then, oh, by the way, this is only after Adam tells the queen about the possession of, like, the Matrix bodies in the parking lot, which is like, oh, we are your friends. It's just like as soon as he can offer them something. It feels, yeah, again, it feels, I don't know if the movie was trying to make us feel this way, because if it did, bang up job, it did. But, like, it feels like neither side is good. Neither side is, like, actually worth siding with. Like, mm -hmm. In any capacity. Like, one is trying to take over the world. And that's about the most... That's about the most... That's the only part about that's that I would say is, like, truly and honestly nefarious mm -hmm. about the demons. Outside of that, they're kind of just... They kind of just are dicks. They're there. But then again, so are the gargoyles. So... Seems like... Seems like a pretty even playing field. Except for one wants to take over. And that's bad. Yeah, and it's like... So, Adam is leaving to go to the back to the science building to go get um, the girl from Chuck. But I guess the queen changed her mind again and still wants him dead. Yes. What the fuck? So they go, she literally turns, she literally turns to captain boomerang and goes and goes, kill him. And he goes with pleasure, ma'am. Like what, what good will that do? Yeah. Like, cause, why? Cause he goes like, he goes back to this hotel to find the book. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then Gargoyle Captain Boomerang comes and fights Frankenstein. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not even interested in this anymore. So they go crashing off the side of a building. And oh shit, Two-Face stabbed Captain Boomerang. So now he's dead. And now yeah. the Gargoyles are descending, going after Two-Face. <laughs> they were just on his side. But you know what? That Apparently that doesn't matter anymore. So Two-Face... Yeah, again... Oh my god. Two-Face fucking goes... To the science building with the gargoyles chasing him and in another and we go to another scene where evil elon is kills carl the scientist to show how big his dick is and he convinces the girl from chuck to do the science job so carl gets hooked up to this <laughs> machine i don't know it's they're trying to like reanimate all of these bodies this 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 this, this, ending, movie, this ending this ending this ending is just a clusterfuck it is it literally is literally 
literally leading up after the fucking after he kills Captain Boomerang, mm-hmm. he literally Two Face walks back to the cathedral, stares at them all. They all go, "Let's kill him!" And then everyone just descends on him, and he goes, "Cool!" And he just turns and starts walking to the building, and then everyone just starts fighting, and then he just crashes in and is like, "Surprise, bitches!" It's oh my god. Well, we actually missed the part where that where Two Face actually burns the Frankenstein book. Oh yeah, that's right. He does. He sits there and burns the Frankenstein book. Yeah. I, I think the reason why we why we missed that was because I mean we don't really care. <laughs> yeah, no, the movie the movie just Fuck this movie. Like <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like again, no. This granted, this is not Bucky Larson bad, but my God, this movie doesn't is not good. No, it, so, no, it is. I, not. I don't really have. I don't really have a whole lot of interest in putting effort. This movie doesn't make. Shit. This movie doesn't like. This movie like disappoints me, but it doesn't like make make me like evenly angry. Like Bucky Larson, I was like actively angry throughout the entire thing. With this one, I was angry parts otherwise other parts i was like i'm yeah. indifferent towards what's going on yeah exactly you're just i'm like i'm like this is crap and i am watching it and then you and then it ends and you went i've just watched crap <laughs> yeah and when he's running like towards this like but towards this like weird fight scene aaron eckhart <laughs> like he has this like weird running face where it looks like he's taking a shit grants it's not as bad as like tom cruise running but it's still like He's trying to hold is like he's actively shitting while he's running. Yeah, it's 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 I got a new I got I'm coining a phrase for actors who who don't know how to look intense while running and instead look like they're about to poop themselves. I call it here. Hear me out. I'm workshopping this. OK, I call it the poop run. The poop. Run. Oh, good. OK, good name. Think about it. No, no, no. Come on. Straight, easy to the point. It's the poop run. It's whenever a male actor or or actress, you know, why not? Why why not include both? Is just in a full deadlocked sprint, and they need and they know that they need to look intense, but they don't know how to. So instead, they just make a face like they just are really pushing out one, mm-hmm. like a real a real tough one. And it's just it's just the whole time you just look at it and you go, "Are you are are you fighting a different battle over here?" Is this is this a different kind of conflict than the one we're seeing? So it's like boom, we got demons on one side and gargoyles on another. Two faces surrounded on all sides. There is like this fat demon like that we get that just gets fucking murked all of a sudden. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Of course I know. No. Literally, literally, it, he gets up to the main building where the where big old bad Elon Musk guy is, and this huge security guard demon comes out and goes, "I'll take him." And then just a gargoyle picks him up, stabs him, and you're like, "Oh, I guess this is like an Indiana Jones thing where it's like where it's the the, the it's an anticlimactic ending or some shit like that." But I, uh, whatever. I, I don't fucking know but yeah um by the way the the, the gargoyles are now on um are now on frankenstein's side I, th- I think this is the last time they turn throughout this whole movie I, mm-hmm. I very well could be wrong though so just keep that in mind so, <laughs> yeah so two-face breaks into 
this science room while this battle's going on. Aaron and Eckhart burst in, I've come to destroy you and this place. The gargoyle order must survive and mankind with it. And evil Elon's just sitting there just like jokes on you. I got this. I got places like this everywhere. So he's got like a science building in Prague, in Brazil. There's everywhere. So what does evil Elon do? He goes fucking super saiyan and turns into like this demon prince thing. Yeah, exactly. He goes full demon prince and is just and it's just it's just it's just it's just bad Elon in fucking in fucking prosthetics. Dude, I, he's just like I, Am I allowed to say I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the way that this guy I don't know if it was like the beige skin, the eyes that looked like he smoked weed, like a weird Voldemort nose, weird ears. Just it it just whole, it, just, it did not feel threatening. Look. The whole look didn't look threatening. It looked weird. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't like you weren't like ah. You were more like huh. Like what the fuck? Uh, like okay. If the if these effects were in like a much lower budget movie, I would have been like oh fuck yeah you know. Like, hey. Yeah yeah you know what if if the whole movie looked the way lo- looked looked uh co coinciding mm-hmm. with the prosthetics that are shown. Then I would sit there and think to myself, "Oh, that totally makes sense. That that keeps in with the budget." Looking at the visual CGI hodgepodge that they managed to have the money for, I don't buy that they didn't they, that they didn't skimp or like cut corners here. <coughs> this fucking movie. Um, yeah, <coughs> this movie. This movie is something, man. So Elon and Frankenstein, they have a fight. Elon throws Frankenstein into a science experiment. The gargoyles are checking out, like, the Matrix. And it's revealed that what evil Elon wants to do is give Frankenstein a demon soul. I mean, if, if all, if in all honesty, if evil Elon just wanted to give Frankenstein a demon soul, he could have just asked one of, like, the Tesla board of directors, and then it would have just been able to... <laughs> Another morally reprehensible person. Like, exactly. you just... Yeah, exactly. He could have just kidnapped like Zuckerberg or one of his team members. <laughs> and just, you know, oh, there you go. Boom. You got a soul. So Elon, yeah, exactly. So Elon's trying to, you know, give Frankenstein a demon soul. The queen's like saying like, oh, you need to destroy, destroy them, destroy them all. And they just start cutting up all of the bodies in the matrix room where they're, they're all just falling and they're falling into like this hell pit. But then we get my favorite thing of this movie. And that is Aaron Eckhart getting possessed by a demon. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Oh my god, it is oh it's delicious. Oh my god, it is just fucking scrumptious, man. This this man when he got possessed, it was just it sent me. It literally fucking sent me. Like honest to god. Did you watch this with your roommate? No, I watched this by my own oh damn my self. I, I was wanting to get like another person's reaction because, like, for us, we were like, ah, well, well, fire's like <laughs> going into his eyes and he's just like screaming and shit. Yeah, he's literally, literally, it's so odd because, I mean, I guess, like, I don't want to sit there. 
<laughs> and cast and cast the first stone mm-hmm. just because I don't know what it's like to sit there and go, okay, you're being possessed. Now act mm-hmm. like it. I don't, I can't do that. I couldn't do that if you asked me to. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to sit there and throw too many <clears throat> stones. But he does sound hilarious when he's doing it. So yeah. he literally gets possessed and he, and they're, and as the smoke's entering his eyes and he's like getting possessed, he like you said, like you just did, he literally goes, ah, 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 ah. He's like getting like, he's, it's just, it's so weird. It's so non-threatening. You're not like, wow, he's really going through it. You're just sitting there going, what the hell is he, what, what is he doing? It's kind of like a Nick Cage and Ghost Rider when he's transforming. Yeah, ex- exact, exact. Same, same, ener- same energy. Same exact energy. The transformation of Nick Cage and Ghost Rider is the exact same as this scenario when Aaron Eckhart is getting possessed in I Frankenstein. So when he does get possessed, like it's done. He Aaron Eckhart stopped screaming. No more fires in his eyes. And then he pulls the your powers don't work on me card. You have a soul. I'm like, okay, th- this this fu- this fucking this fucking sent me because I don't know because I, I know I mentioned this earlier. You know, the guy that made this wrote Collateral. You know, this m- movie that was used in a lot of screenwriting books. You know, one of like the one of the quintessential movies you must see is a screenwriter, and this fucking guy resorts to, "Hey, your powers don't work on me." It's, <clears throat> what the it's, fuck? It's it's literally like I literally was waiting for like 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 girl from Chuck to like have to go in and like save the day. Like she mm-hmm. has to go and like like how do we de demonize him or some crap like that? Mm-hmm. Like. No, he he literally just goes, just goes, psych, bitch, that don't work. And I, as a viewer, was was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There was no agency to this. You can't just sit there and just say no you after he gets hit. Like, that just doesn't work. That doesn't sound, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, it would it just it does not. Okay, I understand it's supposed to make you feel all like, you know, all warm and fuzzy inside. But, okay, this Gario Queen, like, oh, he's got humanity. Oh, he doesn't have humanity. Oh, oh now he does have us. Like, it's, it, it, you either do or you don't. Stop going back yeah, and forth about it. I was about to say, why does it, why does the, why does the, why does it change? Why does he sometimes do and sometimes does it? Why? It's for the sake of the plot, Michael. They need it to move the it's, plot forward. Oh my god! I hate, I hate shoe shoehorn plot movement devices. Okay, we're we're almost done. We just got to power. We just got to power through the rest of this. Okay. All right. All right. I'm 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 mustering the last of my strength. So the way that Aaron Eckhart defeats evil Elon is, I, I mentioned the gargoyle symbol earlier, where it's like. A, like a line going down the middle and then like three lines going through it and evil Elon, his design on his chest has like three lines going across it. So what does Aaron Eckhart do? He just like takes a, one of the blades he has and just draws a straight line through it. That's the gargoyle symbol. And Oh yeah, that kills him. Fucking that's fucking convenient. Yeah. That's 
that was never stated before, never shown before. He just does it and it works. And you go, okay. Like, we're, the, like I said, the gargoyle is simple, but they don't set up like, oh, it's going to like kill him, all of it. Like it's going to kill him if I brand it into him. Yeah, exactly. They never said anything about this, the branding of the symbol or anything like where it's like you show the cross to them and they mm-hmm. like all like freak out or anything like that. It's, it's just no, none of that. Fucking none of that. So yeah, uh, the building collapses, the gargoyles float above, the gargoyle queen saves Adam and uh, the girl from Chuck, and I'm surprised she didn't turn evil again, and here, here's the reasoning that, that they said in the movie. Adam asks, like, hey, why'd you save me after I, kill your, after I killed your friend? And the gargoyle queen says, because you finally found your purpose. I'm like, oh, so so that's all it took. Yeah, a whole war and killing your like top guard. Real real equivalent exchange for one person. We're just like good 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 job movie. Just just that's that yeah. that, that that that's fucking that's fucking great. And yeah. <laughs> we we end the movie with a voiceover when the forces of darkness return. I will be there. And I'm like, no, you won't. This movie's not getting a sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, no, you're not going anywhere, Aaron. And they're like, and he drops, you know, the, this big monologue with Aaron Eckhart standing on the rooftop with some, I don't know, collie sticks or some shit. Mm-hmm. Voiceover, yeah. voiceover, edginess. I, Frankenstein. He said that line at the end. I hate it I, so much. I hated it. Oh, God, that made me bad. I, I you know when when a movie set, says their title in it or feels the need to it always rubs me the wrong way. It it doesn't it always work. rubs me the wrong way. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. Ever since Family Guy did that bit of like eh eh eh. eh yeah, eh. literally, literally after Family Guy pointed out the fucking bit, like that's when that's when collectively everyone went, oh yeah no don't do that yeah don't do that. Oh yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. It does suck. It is fucking annoying. Don't do it. And then we get like this knockoff Rob Zombie song at the end, I think. Yeah. And uh, fuck yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and that's God, it's so it's so cool. <laughs> Dude, it's 2014 and it's cool. <laughs> God and, damn it. And yeah, guys, that's that's I Frankenstein. Definitely not the best movie we've ever covered but also not the worst, but it's definitely down there. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah. It, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It was not, it was not, I say it's one of, but it's definitely not the worst. Mm-mm. I would say top five. Top five worst. Oh, we're doing that now. No, no, I'm not going to sit there and list the top oh, okay, five, okay. but I'm just saying in general, like in general pecking order, I could see it being like number five or number four. Like that close. Yeah. This movie sucked. Yeah. This movie sucked. I don't know if it can be top three. That's a tough ask because mm-hmm. we've had some shit. And we don't. We have had some shit. And God, we don't know what we're going to cover in like the next couple of episodes. Oh so my God. I, it's, I'm going to be very curious to see where this movie stands in relation to like, who knows? Maybe it can stand the test of time, but I definitely feel that like other movies we cover will like <laughs> knock this out of like the top five worst movies we've ever covered. 
but it definitely yeah. is not a movie you need to seek out. And I don't know if I told no. you this, but I actually told my girlfriend, like, hey, we're talking about like what she was all like, oh, what movie are y'all talking about this week? And I said, I Frankenstein. And apparently that awakened like a memory that she had of going like going out, going like out to eat with her dad. And then went to go see this movie back in like 2014. And she was like, yeah, that movie fucking sucked. My dad thought it sucked, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually great. I reached I remember I, I remember my girlfriend was sitting there and she said, oh, what movie are you guys what uh, movie are you guys watching for the podcast? And I told her and she went, oh, I don't know what the hell that is. That sounds really that sounds really weird, though. And I went, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely not not one that y'all should be uh, that y'all should be checking out anytime soon. And no. um. Yeah, that, that's been this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go yeah. follow us on Twitter. Go follow us on Instagram. Yep. And yeah, and and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I didn't really, I didn't really think this far ahead. I thought I had something yeah, else, and then I was like, you know what? You nope. you you said you know, I you you stood with us through uh through I Frankenstein, and you deserve yourself a drink. And uh, probably a better movie after this. Go find but, go find a better movie and let us know what movie you would watch instead of I, Frankenstein. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week, everybody.